It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wolfpacker Show. My name is Ethan McDowell, and I am here with Noah Fleischman. We are here to break down NC State's 35-28 win over Virginia Tech. Another road win for the Pack. Another win with Brennan Armstrong under center. We're going to talk about everything to do with this game, the highs and the lows from the matchup, and uh, going to break it all down. But before we do so, just a quick housekeeping note. Um, Noah and I are both writers for the Wolfpacker.com. That is NC State site on the On3 network, the fastest growing college football news recruiting website out there. Uh, go check it out. Right now, it is only $1 for your first month. And um, since it's a rivalry week now, we also have a special promo going where it's 50% off an annual subscription. I believe that brings it down to um, something close to like $50 a year. Um, that, that's great value. That's, um, you know, just over $4 a month. So go, go check it out. And, um, you know, it's worth it. You Whether you're paying the $1 or the um, $4 a month, I mean, it. we have premium team analysis on there for both men's and women's basketball and football. We have recruiting scoops. Recruiting scoops are going to be big. Signing day is a month from today. It's really heating up. It is going to be a busy couple of weeks. I know there's going to be some high-profile guys on campus this weekend. So stay tuned. Check it out. And um, go subscribe to thewolfpacker.com. All right, Noah, let's talk Virginia Tech, NC State. The Wolfpack hit the road for um, road matchup number five on the year. And now, you know, they – of course, one, and now they're four and one on the road this year. Um, Brennan Armstrong led the team to w- wins on all four of those games. So this is this was the first time I'd say they'd been in an intimidating road venue so far this year. I mean, if you look at the past matchups, it had been um, UConn, UVA, Wake Forest, and Duke. Um, at Wake Forest and Duke, there might have been more NC State fans in the stands, and um, UVA and UConn, I, I would no offense to either of their fan bases, but the stadium atmosphere um, wasn't on the level of Virginia Tech's. Which so they had to play in front of a senior day sold out crowd. And Dave Dorn said it himself; he gave that performance an A plus because they didn't really look rattled. They came out and they took control of that game pretty much right away. It was a slow first quarter, but then you know they they found their offensive groove, um, dominated defensively in the first half, and left. Lane Stadium in Blacksburg, Virginia, with a win. Noah, your overall thoughts on the first on um, Virginia Tech's loss to NC State? Yeah, I, I think NC State played you know its most complete two quarters of football that we've seen on offense all season. The second and third quarter, they came out had five touchdown drives in a row, got it rolling. They weren't quick scores either. There's only one of them that was a quick score. The other, the four yeah. were sustained drives, moving the ball down the field. All of them went 60 yards or longer. Two of them were more than 10 plays. I think that was like, you know, the most complete game we've seen Robert and I call. And I think that's a good thing to see. You know, it took him a while to figure out what he had to work with, which some people were frustrated about, but with kind of the system that he runs and things like that, and it's a brand new offense to the Cincinnati team, it's going to take time. Dave Dorn talked about it's going to take some time to figure it out. But I think they figured it out, and it's worked. Obviously, Kevin Concepcion is – 
you know, I don't know any words to say. He's just a really good player, and he, he, he makes his impact all over the field. Did it in all three phases at Virginia Tech. He threw a touchdown, caught a touchdown. Didn't run for one, but he ran for a lot of, like, 44 yards. So, we'll, yeah. I think he'll take, he'll take that day. Um, but, overall, it's a really solid day for, for the, um, the Wolfpack. Four wins in a row. And they talked about treating this like a five-game season. They want to be the best team in the ACC for these last five games. And, and if you look at it, they're making a good case for being the best team in the ACC in these last five games. They're 4-0. They've got a big test against North Carolina this week. But so far, so good for the Wolfpack as they try to you know push for 10 wins. People didn't think it was possible after the Duke game, but all of a sudden it looks really, really possible to hit that 10-win mark now. I'd imagine this has been a very satisfying year to be an NC State fan. Because, you know, you, you start the season with very high expectations. You get very bummed out by, you know, how it goes, the losses to um, Louisville and Duke. Those are bummers. But then the just noticeable improvement every single week by this team has been just really, really astounding to me, especially after the bye week, of course. But um, you saw the defense, you know, the secondary ended up stepping up. Um, you know, linebacker place took a step up as the season went on and it just continued to rise to its elite standard and meet the standard that Tony Gibson has set there, which has been really impressive. And I think they're playing at a really high level. And then at the same time, it's been a little bit slower, but I think the offense is really getting to the point where they're just about where I personally thought they would be coming into the year. So it's just been consistent improvement. If this is a rebuilding year, like some fans have called it throughout the year, I mean, Shoot, it's a pretty dang good rebuilding year because now NC State is eight and three on the year, ten wins, very much in play going into the UNC game and the bowl game. I, I mean, just it's hard to say enough about the job Brennan's done coming back into the starting lineup. I mean, he didn't really have to throw the ball much against Wake Forest. That was a um, ground attack day for the Wolfpack, but um, against Virginia Tech, I mean, he threw it twenty six times and completed eighteen of them. Um, 203 yards, two touchdowns, ran it 21 times, and um, he was over um, 100 yards, and that would have been um, um, NC State's first 100-yard rusher of the season and until he took some intentional um, runs for loss there to make sure the clock ran out at the very end, last drive of the game. Um, and he scored two more touchdowns on the ground. So four total touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's pretty impressive. Zero fumbles as well. Just zero turnovers. He's playing pretty much mistake-free football. He hasn't had a turnover-worthy play in either of those games either. It's not like he's getting lucky. He's just not putting the offense in position to turn the ball over. And when you have a defense as good as Virginia, as good as NC State's right now, then that's that's all you need to do, right? Like you just need to not hurt the other side of the ball, play complementary football, and that's what they're doing at a very high level right now during this two-game stretch. And, um, yeah, you mentioned Casey. I mean, on three named him, one of the true freshman standouts of the week once again. I mean, yeah, he surpassed 100 yards, 107 total offensive yards. Uh, he threw a pretty nice um, trick play touchdown to Trent Penix. I thought um, that was a well-designed, well-executed trick play by the pack there. Um, um, if you haven't listened to Trent Penix's post-game press conference, go check that out on our YouTube channel. It's um, it's 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 a pretty good one. He he gave his in-depth thoughts on um that trick play. But uh, yeah, I mean the creativity was there, the execution was there. Um, 
you know, the team took its foot off the gas a little bit in the fourth quarter, but, um, and, you know, Virginia Tech scored 14 unanswered points to make, make the score look a lot closer than the game felt throughout. But, and, you know, they, they ended up allowing 225 passing yards. Um, most of those were in the second half. But you're in a spot where, all right, it was three quarters of solid defensive dominance aside from really two plays that Virginia Tech scored on. So you got to be happy with that. And um, I think if you're NC State, you, your confidence has to be kind of sky high going into um, going into UNC week. All right, Noah, um, every week we like to give our turning point of the game just a key moment, key drive, drive play, play, missed field goal, you know, long touchdown pass, whatever, that recognizes a point where you thought the momentum really shifted or established itself in this game. Um, Noah, why don't you give me your answer? Where do you think this game kind of swung towards NC State's favor? It swung on their first touchdown drive. They started the game with two punts in a row. And it's like, okay, like, what's going on? Like, we gotta get, got to get something going. And then all of a sudden they come out and they put together a seven-play, 62-yard drive to really, you know, trying to say, like, okay, the offense is here. Um, so they're able to do that. I'm trying to pull it up right now. But I think that's where it swung because then after that play or that drive, they forced another punt. Then they then they scored a touchdown, go up fourteen nothing, and then it was like, okay, I think this 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 team has really you know got a shot. You know that first touchdown was just a, a three yard pass to, to KC, who re- had a really good idea of you know he looked like he was going out of bounds, was able to, to just poke the ball over the, the line and, and get it in. So I think that's the biggest turning point so far. You know, those first two touchdown drives with a punt in between. Complimentary football. Dave Dolan didn't say it in the press conference after, but it's something he stressed all year. And I think that the Virginia Tech game for the most part. It showed complimentary football. The punt unit was good when it when it was called upon. Brady Norrison didn't have to kick a field goal all day. He just kicked extra points, which I think Dave Dorn's going to take that if, if you're going to tell him no field goals, just extra points. And then the offense did its thing. So, yeah, I, I think complimentary football is out there, and, and it was able to, you know, give them a 14 nothing lead, and they ended up going up, you know, 21 at one point too. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good choice. Um, mine is uh, just slightly later in the game where – um. Yeah, they had opened up that fourteen nothing lead in the in the second quarter, and then Virginia Tech returns a kickoff past the fifty, and then scores on one play. And it's like, all right, that went from a two score game to a fourteen seven game with um, four minutes left in the first half, and it's a spot where Virginia Tech, you know, held a, a, a little bit of momentum really for the first, and I'd say really the only time of, of the game where they held much momentum, and um. NC State answered. They went on an 11-play, 75-yard drive um, that took four minutes and eight seconds. I mean, it it was just a very composed, sustained drive, exactly what you wanted to see out of the offense, and it it ended with a um, great pass to KC, who found some space in the seam, made a good move after the catch, and found the end zone for his second score of the game. And, you know, it's one of those drives that you need on the road, right? The, The crowd was getting into it. And um, it was just that, like I said, sustained, consistent drive that um, NC State, you know, that wasn't always there for them this season. That That is honestly a pretty new addition to this offense of just the ability to put together those long drives against a pretty solid Virginia Tech defense, too. Um, and then, you know, they come that gives them a 21-14 lead at halftime. And, you know, NC State never really looked back at that. And it's the second consecutive uh, – 
week where they've scored 21 points in the first half on the road too. You have to be thrilled with that if you're Robert and I. It wasn't always perfect, but it was pretty dang good in my opinion. And it, it, the offense is playing at a in a fashion right now that it raises the ceiling of this team, I think. I, I felt pretty good once the defense started playing good that uh, NC State was you know solid 8-9 win team. That seemed like a realistic, very possible thing. Now that the offense is taking those steps forward, I mean, shoot, this is I think this is a dang good football team, Noah. I think it is a dang good football team. So, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see how they fare in the past two games. Um, and we're going to dive into that a little bit and give out some game balls. But before we do so, I want to say a thank you to our sponsor, Game Time. Game Time is a ticket buying and selling marketplace. Whether you're looking for a concert, um, you know, tickets to a basketball game, tickets to the UNC game this weekend. Uh, it's all there, and it's you can buy it at the last minute. I am it's one of you know my faults is I always wait to the last minute to buy tickets to things. But you can do it literally up until kickoff with the game time back, and su- it's super easy. Just get the game time app on any app store or go to gametime.co on your web browser. Um, and if you get the app, my favorite thing about it is when you log on, you can see exactly the view from the seat you'd be sitting from. I'll hold it up for those watching on YouTube. But look, you can see exactly if you were sitting in row double E, you could see the view that you'd be sitting from. And it's very, it's, that's just cool. It's a cool touch by the app. It takes a step out of the ticket buying process, which I appreciate. And um, yeah, just it's an efficient, easy to use ticket buying marketplace. And um, yeah, efficient and easy to use are usually the two things I'm looking for <laughs> when I'm trying to buy tickets to a game. So go check it out. If you do, use code WOLFPACK. That's all caps WOLFPACK. For twenty dollars off your first purchase, and um, yeah, all right, Noah, let's dive back into it. Let's give out some game balls. Uh, there were a few performances worth highlighting. We've already talked about KC, um, but you know, why don't we give out your first player of the game here? Gonna not give it to a player. I'm gonna give it to a coach. I think Robert and I deserves a game ball. I put him on the game balls um, story that we put up. You know, right as the game ends every week, and I think that you know it's the first time I've given a somebody that's not a player at game ball, but I think he deserves it. His most complete game, I think, as the offensive coordinator at NC State. And he shows growth. People weren't really too pleased, I guess, with the offense you know, at times at the beginning of the year. But it took time to figure it out. He's got it rolling. And it, it, the offense has shown improvement every week, I feel like, since the bye week. And at this point, it's playing at an extremely high level right now with Brennan Armstrong. So I think, you know, he deserves a game ball for it. And Robert and I, and, and, and kind of what he's been able to do, and he's been using guys that aren't used, haven't been used lately on the offense. Bradley Rosner had two catches. Dakari Collins has been active on the offense a lot, playing a ton of snaps. He played his, I think, his season most snaps this weekend at Virginia Tech. You will get, you know, they're taking defenders, making them put it on offense. You know, Jordan Poole and Isaiah Shirley, they're getting creative. And, and Robert and I is using guys that haven't been used much this year, and it's working. So, I think, you know, he deserves it for his creativity. And he's creative on play calls, too. We saw some interesting formations. You know, there was one where I think there was three down linemen at one point in the game, and they ran the ball. Um, you know, KC with his, his pass attempts, he's now one for two as a, as a quarterback this year. Um, so, you know, overall, I think creativity pays off, and Robert and I deserve some credit for it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it was – NC State fans were very excited about the potential for creativity in this offense. And 
it seems to me from someone who was, you know, outside the building that, that doesn't really know what was going on inside during practice, you know, during prep for the first few games of the year. But it seems like they've just been able to get a lot more creative as the season's gone on. I think Robert and I has really honed in on the strengths of this offense's skill set. And that really has really showed in the past two games. And yeah, I thought he was, um, you know, very, very um, deep in his bag against Virginia Tech, pulling out some pulling out some fun stuff. And, you know, you mentioned him, and um, I'm going to give my game ball to Isaiah Shirley, who switched from defensive line to tight end for this game. Um, he's a true freshman defensive lineman, um, you know, from North Carolina, in-state kid. Uh, you know, he, he was a tight end in high school, too. He was a big physical guy. Um, he was like 280 pounds in high school, so just a big defensive lineman who um, they brought in, and um, they're looking for a more physical presence blocking in those rushing scenarios. And, um, you know, I, I think Dora told us after the game, he was like, asked Robert and I, like, hey, would you um, would you take a defensive lineman? And, you know, Isaiah Shirley kind of answered that call. And I thought he had some really good blocks. Him, He helped um, seal a lane for Brendan Armstrong's second rushing touchdown of the day. And, um, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's just so cool how willing players, you know, like Isaiah Shirley, like Jordan Poole, who switched from linebacker to fullback, have been to take on those roles. I think it says a lot about, you know, the team culture, which we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast. Um, it's just they're, everyone's willing to do what they need to to help the team win. And it was cool to see with Isaiah. He's someone that there's a lot of excitement about in the board building as a defensive lineman. So don't expect him to be a tight end for his next three to four years. But um, I think uh, he'll be a really, really productive player. And it's cool to see him coming and make an impact on offense as a true freshman. Um, Noah, why don't you give us your second game ball of the day? Who else deserves some recognition? Brennan Armstrong, I, you know, four touchdown day deserves it. He second week in a row, no turnover worthy worthy plays, which were what basically caused him to to get benched. You know, five games in, he had six interceptions. He had the you know the one at the end of the Louisville game with with just under two minutes to go that kind of you know sealed the game for Louisville to win. NC State had an opportunity to at least tie if they could just move the ball a little bit farther down the field, and they didn't. But since he came back, he has been really smart with the football. You know, they haven't thrown the ball a ton. They did throw it, you know, 26 times against Virginia Tech. So putting the ball in his hand a little bit more. Um, but he's made the right reads. He's thrown the ball away at times. You know, he he's had – there hasn't been any throw where you're like, uh-oh, like this might get picked off, which that happened a little Absolutely. bit when he was, you know, starting at the beginning. There was a few throws down the field. It's aggressive. If it pays off, then, you know, you look really good. But if it doesn't, then it's like, okay, like that's not a great throw. Um, he hasn't done that. And I think that that's helped out a lot. He's come back and he's played like he didn't skip a beat. He looks like a you know really good quarterback right now, and it's good to have him playing at his probably his best this season at the end of the season. Um, and as NC State makes this push for ten wins, and as Brandon Armstrong tries to cap his his college career on a high note, so he deserves game ball, four touchdowns, you know, two rushing, two throwing. Uh, I, I think it definitely deserves it. And his first win over the Hokies in his career, you know, coming from Virginia where that's his, his rival. Um, he never had beaten them at, with, at, with the Cavaliers in two tries. First try at the, with the Wolfpack, he gets it done. So Brendan Armstrong for me. Yeah, very deserving. Yeah, we mentioned it last week. He's just playing so loose, so confident, um, running really hard, um, taking some hard hits. <laughs> he was not available to speak to us after the game because he was getting treatment. We should get an update on him around noon today um 
this podcast will be posted slightly before before then, but we should have an update later this afternoon. Uh, and yeah, he just, yeah, he's playing once again, like I think what NC State fans kind of expected out of him coming into the season. So if they can keep this up against a UNC defense that allows a lot of passing yards, that is, it is the worst passing defense in the ACC. Um, then you're, you're looking at just a kind of awesome final stretch to his college career, which is cool to see. After, by all accounts, he handled the backup role so well, switched from being starting quarterback to, you know, playing in a reserve role as a rusher and, um, you know, getting the job done as just a good teammate, good presence in the locker room, helping the team rally around him, Jane Morris. And then, you know, switching right back to that starting role. He has just handled everything so well all season long. It's cool to see him enjoy some deserved success down the stretch here. Um, My final game ball is going to go about to – I think maybe the only person who's gotten a game ball every week, pretty much, um, Peyton Wilson. Um, 11 total tackles, you know, just – and you know, they only played like 48 defensive snaps or something like that. So he was just um, flying all over the field. Eight, eight of those tackles were solo stops. Um, no one else on the team had more than three, and that was Sean Brown. Um, also had a sack and three and a half tackles for loss. I think two and a half of those were in the first quarter. Uh, Virginia Tech came out really trying to run their quarterback, Kyron Jones, and um, Wilson was just all over it. He did not let them establish any momentum on the ground there. You know, he, he was just doing it even more to bolster his um, his All-American, um, Nagurski, you know, name your defensive award of choice. Um, he, he's up for it. He's going to be a finalist. He is the best linebacker in the country right now. And he showed it once again on the road against Virginia Tech. So, you know, hats off to him once again. All right. Before we get out of here, Noah, let's, um, let's spend some time looking forward. I mean, NC State is a top 25 team for the first time this year. The USA Today coaches poll slotted the Wolfpack in at number 24. We're still unranked in the AP poll, but um, you know, we'll count the coaches poll until we find out their college football playoff ranking if they get in. Um, tomorrow night, but you're 24. You are the one of three ranked teams in the ACC. So you're looking at all right. You've got Florida State, you know, likely playoff team. Louisville, top 10 squad. They're locked into the championship. But if NC State wins on um, on Saturday against UNC, they finish third in the ACC. And based on how this season was trending after the Duke game. I think that is a pretty great year for the Wolfpack. Um, you know, since since the bye week and even before, I think we started doing this after the Duke game. We've just been doing weekly kind of like vibe checks on how you're feeling about the season. Um, four game winning streak now. Noah, how, how are you feeling about the Wolfpack? Feeling pretty good. I think when we did this after the Clemson game, I said. Feeling really good. Think five and zero is on the table. They didn't want to say it was going to happen, but I thought five and zero is on the table. Well, yeah. Check out weeks later, five and zero is on the table. You know, NC State had a had a point four percent chance of winning out after the Duke game, according to ESPN. Point four. They, they they've turned it around, and I think you know I'm feeling really good about this team. The way they're playing, defense has been solid all year. Offense is finally coming around, and we talked about if the offense can play at the level the defense played at. This is a top 15 level team 
if that happens. And, and we're starting to see it a little bit. I'm not going to call them a top 15 level team quite yet, but we're starting to see the offense catch up to the defense's, you know, level and a little bit, which is good to see at this point of the year. You want to see a team keep improving throughout the year rather than the opposite, come out blazing and then, you know, fall apart at the end of the year. So I think that's a good upward trajectory. And against UNC, anything can happen. I think the records get thrown out of the book. They both come in with the same the same record on paper, but yeah, this is it's a rivalry game. And, you know, anything can happen. Um, so overall, feeling good. It's North Carolina. We know that uh, both teams can get up, get out of bed for it. We're going to talk about that later this week. But overall, vibes are are pretty high, and I imagine they're pretty high in the in the Murphy Center too. Yeah, and you know. It's like sometimes you'll hit these hot hot streaks in the middle of the season because of scheduling. You play four bad teams in a row. I I think you have to feel pretty good that this winning streak is just genuine improvement. I think it's just this team making positive steps forward every single week. I mean, you beat Clemson. That's a solid team that, you know, went on to beat Notre Dame, beat UNC last week. Um, And then – Miami gave Louisville everything it could handle over the weekend. And then, you know, Wake Forest is bad. So, but, and then Virginia Tech, you know, also not very good. But, um, you know, those are two road games. And if this season has shown anything, it's just not easy to win on the road in the ACC. So getting any type of win, especially two impressive ones where your offense played really, really well, um, is a lot to, it's, it's a confidence building month for the pack they they should be super super confident heading into rivalry week and um let's look towards that a little because like no this is your first rivalry week covering nc state versus unc um last year was my first and let me tell you i was shocked by how intense this rivalry is uh, it is something that matters a lot to both of these programs and um it's intense the players care about it a lot and, you know, UNC's players, they know a lot about um, NC State. They know the guys on their team from high school, just from, um, you know, b- growing up in the state of North Carolina uh, and vice versa. So it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, you look at it, and NC State's two superstars. You have Kevin Concepcion, and his final two were NC State and UNC. Um, NC State obviously won that recruiting battle. And then Peyton Wilson was, was committed to UNC before he fl- um, flipped to the – Wolfpack famously. So it's, this is a personal game. It's a personal game for both programs. It is a very um, exciting matchup on paper, strength on strength. Um, NC State will have to stop Drake May in that um, pa- explosive passing offense and, and, a, um, and a good, you know, consistent rushing game to boot. So it's, it's going to be cool. It's going to be a fun game. It's the 8 p.m. kickoff on the ACC network. So, you know, Carter-Finley Stadium is going to be rocking under the lights. Um, last time they were playing a night game at um, Carter-Finley Stadium against UNC, um, you know, the infamous uh, onside kick recovery, two touchdowns in the final minutes to um, swing that one. And then, um, you know, last year's win was perhaps even more wild with um, Ben Finley at quarterback. So I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a fun week of buildup to the game. And then a really, really competitive, um, you know, matchup between two good football teams, two, you know, borderline top 25 programs that are really going to be duking it out to see, um, you know, who claims that third place spot in the ACC. 
And you can find all of the lead-up to the game on thewolfpacker.com. I'm going to plug it one more time. Um, we're going to have so much content going up, both reflecting on the Virginia Tech game and looking towards UNC. Uh, like I said, um, there's at least one official visitor on campus this weekend, and I think it could be um, a very, very important recruiting week for the Wolfpack. So I'll be keeping you all updated on that. Go check it out um, and go read. Noah's got feature stories going up. A more in-depth analysis, all sorts of good stuff. And then we're covering the basketball programs as well. It is feast week. Both teams are traveling to their respective tournaments, and we'll have full coverage of that as well. All right. Um, For Noah and myself, thank you all for watching and listening today. And we'll be back for a Wednesday edition of the podcast. Um, You know, because Thursday is Thanksgiving, of course. We'll be back on Wednesday this week to preview the UNC game in full and talk about everything with that. All right, everyone have a good week, and we'll see you soon.